3: Twins fall to the Orioles six to two. The Orioles have guaranteed a series win. Twins trying to salvage the final game tomorrow. Joe Ryan on the mound. Former Twin Kyle Gibson will take the hill. Our coverage begins at noon inside Twins. General Manager Thad Levine. Lineup card twelve thirty. Corey Provis, Dan Gladden with all the play by play. A little follow up on what we talked about at the end of the ball game. Uh, Following the uh, network post-game download about the twins needing a bat and maybe moving on from Joey Gallo at the break and and moving in a new direction and when when you bring in veteran guys hoping to catch lightning in the bottle, but is is he doing more than say a guy like Miguel Sanoa did? Um, that that to be debated. But follow-ups. From our Cities One Plumbing Talk and text line. And you're always welcome to join any of our programs via the Cities One Plumbing Talk and text line. 651-461-9226. Trading for a bat? Who is available that the Twins wouldn't have to give up some top prospects? Well, that's what they would need to do. That's why Derek Falvey and Thad Levine ultimately make the big money. Who do you give up? for a lineup that clearly needs a jump start. I I don't think there's there's any doubt at this point in time. They played 90 ball games and every now and then they show signs, but sweeping the Royals, you you can't draw any conclusions. They they did score eight runs in the opener at Baltimore. And then scored two runs in the next game and were fortunate to take two out of three. And in this series, with the Orioles, they have struggled again to put together any sort of semblance of a big inning. I said before, Gray gave up six in the second and you felt like they were cooked. Even though the Twins still had 24 outs to play with going to the bottom of the second. There was no sense of, let's build the big inning. Let's get something going here. It just didn't transpire. Part of that is a good team in the Baltimore Orioles. Part of it is a lineup that has struggled for most of the year. Um, back to trade for a bat. Who's available? The Twins wouldn't have to give up some prospects. Yeah, you you would need to dip into the minor leagues and give up some players. There's no doubt to get... A proven major league bat from a team that's not contending, a player that can step in and help this lineup day in and day out produce more. That they're they're not they're not producing runs regularly. Oh. Um, there's some frustration on the text line about uh, Kirilov not being in the lineup. Um, there is frustration expressed about. Uh, coaching, particularly the hitting coach. Uh, the, there there seems to be maybe a, a team-wide approach. Everybody is in a slump. That uh, is frustrating. There was also an observation. It's kind of telling when Eddie Rosario, Brent Rooker, and now even Aaron Hicks are doing better away from the Twins. Hicks had a miserable time in New York, the Orioles took a flyer on Hicks. Um but but Hicks time in New York, well documented by Dan Gladden, uh was was not a lot of fun. Eddie Rosario, of course, yes. Um he he has definitely done well. And Brent Rooker will represent the Oakland A's at the All Star Game. So a lot in front of Derek Falby and Thad Levine. At the moment they are tied with Cleveland. Atop the division, Minnesota forty-four and forty or forty-five and forty-five, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland forty-four and forty-four, but uh, the Guardians were leading Kansas City, and that's three-zero now. Bottom of the fourth in Cleveland, with a Guardians victory, they would take over the lead in the division. They'd go a game over five hundred, and take a half-game lead. All right, let's let's jump over to the phone lines. And uh, Robert Maplewood, you're on the air. Hello.
4: Hey, Steve, it's Robert. Um, I like the show. I, I like listening to you, first of all. Um, I don't understand why we don't get rid of Gallo. I mean, he just doesn't ever do anything. He'll hit a 500-foot home run every now and then, but, you know, we need some we need some hitting.
3: Yeah, it, 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 it's one of those situations where it's starting to feel like this is what Miguel Snow was. Um, and, and they parted ways with Miguel Snow. Now, I know there were reasons there because, you know, he was owed a ton of money and they, they had an option and they bought him out and they moved on. And I know they brought in Joey Gallo on a f- team-friendly contract. But, you know, the reality is in the ballgame today, 0-3, three strikeouts, he's batting 189. Yes, early in the year he provided some pop, but it just gets to the point where it, it goes back to the old Tony Batista award I talked about years ago that we'd hand out on the weekends, and, and Jonathan was present for that, and and we would talk about it, and and I think all major league teams will will bring in a veteran guy, take a flyer on him, see how it pans out, but in in this case, you know, 29 years old, and it's just. Uh, you know, he, he's just flat out not getting it done. Um, I I don't know if there's any other way to describe it. Now he has 15 home runs, um, 28 RBI, but uh, today it just there, there's too many days like today. And then, of course, on the on the flip side, at the top of the order, you know, Carlos Correa, and Carlos Correa's not gotten it done this year. There's no question. It is now early July, and has not performed. And and they brought him in amidst a lot of fanfare. Uh, San Francisco passed. The New York Mets passed. He ends up in a Twins uniform. And he is a wonderful shortstop. Absolutely no question. But he's not getting it done with the bat. And there's too many guys in this lineup. So now Derek Falvey and Thad Levine and Rocco Baldelli sit down here at the break and and decide what the strategy is going to be coming up between now and July and how they're going to jumpstart this. Because their starting pitching is good enough to win this division and win a division title. The question now becomes, what is the front office willing to do to put the team over the top or give them an opportunity to go over the top and win the division and return to the postseason? Because – I get the sense standing Pat and just hoping these guys break out when they return. Now, now, granted, coming out of the break, they get Oakland out there. But I I just don't know how long you can stand Pat before it's like, we we, we got to do something for this lineup. But thanks for the call. Good to hear from you on the City's One Plumbing Talk and text line. Uh, we got Paul. Somewhere in the East Metro. Paul, thanks for calling in.
5: Oh, hi, Steve. I love your show. Hey, uh, just a bigger picture on the Twins. They've recently been power-rated as the 15th best team. They have the 16th highest payroll. Unfortunately, Major League Baseball, unlike the NFL, NBA, or NHL, is very much you get what you pay for. And unless you're a big market team, you're not going to have the big payroll. You're not going to get the good guys. And if you look at the AL Central or NL Central, you know, we're, we're in the second class in the central divisions of both leagues, and it all comes down to payroll. The only exception to that is the Tampa Bay Rays or way back when Oakland A's. Occasionally there's an outlier. But pretty much you can call a Major League Baseball team season and how, where they will finish in the power ranking based on their salary. It's sad but true.
3: Yeah, I I would agree, and that that is a function of a league that does not have a salary cap. I I know there's, you know, s- some of these, you know, you use the luxury tax, if you will, uh, but true hard cap leagues, the NHL being one, the NFL being the other, the NBA kind of has a hybrid. It's impossible to understand. The, the Timberwolves, for instance, have three max guys right now. Anthony Edwards just got the max deal. Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert. Uh, Phoenix, and who who's the other one? It slips my mind at the moment. Uh, who's the other? Phoenix and Denver, of course, are the reigning NBA champs, are are the only teams right now in the NBA with three max contracts. So the NBA and how how the luxury tax and all of that sort of stuff works. But but you're right, Major League Baseball, there are some exceptions. You, you look at the money that the Yankees, they're seven and a half back, eight games over, Aaron Judge on the shelf. Uh, Toronto's spent money. Boston is scaled back, they're three games over, but they play in that brutally tough American League East. And, and that's why I get back to, I think the Twins and Derek Falvey and Thad Levine have done a nice job putting together a starting rotation. You, you can't argue against that. You you gotta like Sonny Gray and Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober, and now Kent is is back in in the mix in this starting rotation. You, you've got to like w- what they've got going on. You know Sonny Gray had a bad inning today, but the starting rotation is set up. To win the American League Central Division, so what are they going to do, and and are they willing to part with prospects in the minor leagues to go out and add a major league bat? History tells us it's not going to be a rent-a-player; that they're not going to go out and give up a ton to the Angels and get Otani for the for the end of the season. I mean, in in reality, um, but. That's what this team needs. They, the 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 lineup needs an infusion, and where that comes from uh, remains to be seen. And that's why those guys make the big bucks. By the way, thanks for the calls on the Cities One Plumbing Talk and Text line. But you know, it, it it becomes clearer and clearer that they they need to go in a different direction with with some guys in this everyday lineup. And and we'll see what happens. And that's why Bad Levine tomorrow at noon on Inside Twins will be very interesting. And then, of course, uh, the lineup card at 1230, first pitch at 110. It'll be Gibson against Ryan tomorrow afternoon. Should be a great weather day at Target Field. Then on to the All-Star break. It is 520. We will take a break. We'll come back, talk a little golf. Uh, the U.S. Women's Open at Pebble Beach. The weather looks great and a crowded leaderboard. Uh, is Rose Zhang in the mix? Well, maybe. Uh, the young phenom uh, on the edge of contending here on Moving Day at the U.S. Women's Open. We'll have more on that in a moment here on News Talk. E3OWCCO.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
3: Twins chatter continues. They fall to the Orioles 6-2. to Bad inning for Sonny Gray in the second uh, dooms the home nine today. They lose six to two. They'll try and salvage a final game tomorrow. Gibson for the Orioles and uh, Ryan for the Twins. Our coverage begins at noon. First pitch at one ten. Let's go to Dave and Wilmer. Dave, you're on the air. Hello.
6: Good afternoon. I I I kind of disagree with the whole let's go out and get a bat and somebody that we're going to commit to long term right. simply because we're not hitting right now. And even if you bring that bat in, we still have to hit. And just bringing that bat in isn't going to change anything. I think we have a much bigger problem here. Let's look back 12 months ago. What happened? We had a pitching coach walk out of the dugout and leave. And the reason why is my personal opinion is we heard the political reasons as to why it happened. I believe it happened because of the philosophy of the manager. And I think we're seeing the same thing right now at the plate. The manager has kind of taken a back seat lately with our starting pitchers going deeper into games simply because – He can't keep doing what he's doing. And if he keeps doing what he's doing, it doesn't work. When these guys leave here and are successful in other places, that is a glaring issue to look at because these guys aren't any different when they go anywhere else other than they're allowed to go up to the plate and do what they do. I think they're trying to get them to do things that these guys can't do at the plate. And that's a glaring weakness that we have right now. And we have to change that mentality, and when we do it, it starts with the manager. I mean, how many times are we going to get the excuse, while we wore our bullpen was wore out? Now we can't hit the baseball. We have the arguably the best starting staff in Major League Baseball, and we can't win games. That's yeah. a problem.
3: Yeah, there's no doubt. Here's my thought. Thanks for the call, Dave. And we do want to get to a couple other topics, but I really do appreciate you weighing in on the program today. When when you look at where the Twins are and you, you add a bat, this is what the idea that you're going to get someone like Jorge Polanco back into the lineup, that, that he'll get back, he'll get right after the All-Star break, go on a rehab assignment. And then you go out and you add another veteran bat, a proven Major League hitter. You go out and you give what it takes. And now you got a guy like Polanco, and hopefully he returns to form and is 100% healthy that will help. You add another hitter. And maybe that'll take some of the heat off Buxton and Correa. As crazy as that sounds, for the kind of money those guys are making, they've got to do more. So you go out and you say, all right, we're we're, we're going to go all in on this team. And and we're going to go all in on you. We feel like we have the makings of the back end of a bullpen. You get Brock Stewart back at, at some point. Duran, uh, Deron, uh even though he gave up the game last night in the 10th inning, I mean, runner on second, it's a gimmick. I hate it. But the point being is, I think the pitching ingredients are there. You get Polanco back, you add another veteran bat, and then you're just going to have to think Buxton and Correa and others are going to figure it out because the division is still there for the taking. Uh, with one game to go before the break. All right. Uh we want to get to US Women's Open at Pebble Beach. Looks like a lovely day. A jam packed leaderboard. Uh Jonathan Lowe. Uh the the uh the views from Pebble Beach hard to beat.
7: I'm sorry, what was that?
3: Oh just Pebble Beach.
7: Yeah it's uh it's fantastic to to see them playing at Pebble and the the weather is just phenomenal today. It looks like a picture-perfect day.
3: I, I'd love to get, and this is one of those, you know, a lot of these fancy private clubs, like like LA Country Club, I'll, I'll never be welcome on the grounds unless I buy a ticket for a future USGA event. But Pebble Beach is doable. It's a lot of money, but but you, you can book a spot at the resort and play Pebble. It is definitely on my bucket list. Uh, Corpus, Tardy, H.J. Kim, uh, all among the leaders, Corpuz and Tardy are at 6 under par. H.J. Kim gave one back at minus 5 under par. And then, of course, everyone, the phenom, Rose Zhang, in the mix at even. And uh, she has now started the back nine at Pebble Beach. And the thought is if she can maybe get to two, um, get within shouting distance, uh, maybe – uh, make a run on Sunday at the U.S. Women's Open. But they'll be playing uh, well into the evening. And once again, the leaders are still on the front nine at Pebble Beach. But the uh, sights and sounds are uh, just tremendous. The visuals are are really cool. Uh, down river, John Deere sick at the TPC at Deer Run. PGA Tour stop in the Quad Cities, Brendan Todd, your leader at 16 under par, Alex Smalley, Denny McCarthy Adam Shank one back, uh, so so there you go. Uh, Cameron Young a struggle today, even par seventy one, a leader going into the third round fell all the way back to minus thirteen. But it'll be a birdie fest on Sunday down in the Quad Cities as uh, the tour a lot of the big names have already gone across the pond. To get ready for not only the Scottish Open, but ultimately the British Open at Royal Liverpool. And then the end of the month, PGA Tour comes back to the States with the 3M Open at the TPC of the Twin Cities. One other thing we wanted to get into, uh, Timberwolves out at Summer League in Vegas, uh, certainly a big deal. And our own Henry Lake is in Vegas, uh, hanging out at Summer League, did some interviews uh, covering and the Timberwolves were able to win their summer league opener over New Orleans, 102-88. Uh, Leonard Miller, just a 19-year-old kid, uh, talked about uh, playing in the game and playing alongside Josh Finott.
0: We both can rebound the ball, so um, when when, I feel like when we're both on the glass, uh, it's a positive. Uh, that's two uh, uh, athletic, uh, big uh, guys uh, crashing for the rebound. Um, It's hard to really compete with us. Uh, We're we're both uh, one of the best athletes uh, in this um, uh, Summer League uh, showcase. And uh, to be on the same team and um, on the same court, um, it's going to be hard for other teams, but we're going to keep on doing the right things.
3: Yeah, in reality, it's Summer League. There's a number of guys competing in Summer League that won't make NBA rosters, probably end up in the G League or over in Europe. But back to Miller, uh, how did the first game feel?
0: I mean, it felt great uh, to finally wear an NBA jersey. I mean, everybody dreams of it, and I dreamt of it. Um, glad to be a Timberwolf, and glad to wear a Timberwolf jersey and rep a proud and uh, get a first win. So that's good.
3: Yeah, and uh, speaking of the G League, how did it uh, prepare for this moment?
0: I mean, I give credit to myself uh, for putting in the work and the hours, but then also G League for the preparation and, and building me up to the player I am right now. And then, um, you know, playing in the G League, for a, a season, um, playing in the summer league is nothing. Like I'm played against uh, some of these guys already. Uh, the guys on my team, I played against them, and so coming in, um, I have a good sense of like what they could do, what they could bring. And then um, out there, um, I'm very confident in my abilities. I mean, I'm a pro, so I'm, uh, I'm gonna go out there and um, like I'm not gonna shy away from anything. I'm gonna show everybody who Leonard Miller is, and nice. I feel like that's what I did. I'm gonna keep doing it. so
3: all right, and uh, thanks again to Henry Lake, who's in Vegas for Summer League. By the way, I'll be in Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night for Henry. He will be checking in from Summer League, and we've got a lot more sound that we're going to bring to you Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night from Vegas. Timberwolves continue play in Summer League. 5-31, we'll have the weather. Andy Greeter joins from the Pioneer Press. Loon's in action against Austin tonight at Allianz. We'll have a preview. We'll go outdoors. Steve Carney. Steve Carney Outdoors here on News Talk. E3O at WCCO.
2: Minnesota United
3: FC in action tonight. They get Austin FC at Allianz Field. It'll be a 7 7- 30 start tonight. The weather is going to be outstanding and all of a sudden the Loons feeling pretty good about themselves. Andy Greeter joining from the Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com. Uh, Andy th- th- this is going to be a good one tonight. It-, it should be a tough ticket because the weather is just going to be great.
4: Yeah, you know they sell out You know every game that they play yeah. in St. Paul so tonight will be uh, no different especially given the anticipation that Tonight is going to be Timu Puki's debut, the new Finnish-designated player who came over after having great success success at Norwich City uh, in England's Premier League and in their championship second division. Uh, so, yeah, he's likely to come off the bench here tonight. Uh, they've been starved for a goal scorer, and they believe that Timu Puki can fit the bill and get on the end of Emmanuel Reynoso's service. Uh, I'd anticipate with Puki coming in uh, here tonight uh, Tonight it'll probably be off the bench. Uh you know, he arrived from Helsinki after getting his work visa on Wednesday. He trained for the first time with the team yesterday. Uh so I'd imagine if the game state puts them in a spot where uh they could use a goal or, or uh it's it's close and late, I'd imagine Team Upuki comes on for maybe a half hour, maybe twenty minutes, how uh, to close things out tonight in Aliasfield.
3: Yeah, and uh, give us a sense what this player is like, how big a deal this is, because the, the Loons have shown a willingness to, to spend the money on these designated players. How big a deal could he be?
4: Yeah, you know, Mark Watson, their technical director, yesterday at the press conference for Team Upuki uh, said that it's the biggest signing uh, in club history. And I, I think it's number two uh, because Emmanuel Reynoso came in at, at a $5 million transfer fee. Uh, is coming into his prime uh, and has shown it as a two-time all-star and really the guy who has has turned the the fortunes around for Minnesota United here this season. Now, Timu Puki is also on a designated player contract, meaning that it doesn't count against uh, MLS's salary budget. Uh, But they didn't have to pay a transfer fee to Norwich City uh, to bring him in. Uh, So it's not the most expensive signing. Uh, Timu Puki maybe has the best name recognition just given the fact that he's played a couple seasons in the Premier League which is looked at as the top league in the world uh, so yes it's, it's a big deal uh, but it's not the biggest signing in club history in my opinion uh, and I think that uh, you know Amanda Reynoso is kind of in that in that category by himself but it's certainly a guy who has scored at a high level in the best league in the world and in their second division uh, for a number of years so it's it's certainly uh, their biggest need and they're filling it with the best proven player that they've had at that position uh, in their MLS era.
3: Yeah, and it, the the uh, Loons have an opportunity to kind of pull this season out of the fire. They're still 11th in the standings below below the playoff line, but, but the result over Portland was huge. Just their second win at home this season. They really needed that last time out.
4: Yeah, and they and they were able to score four goals, which is the most they've scored in 29 games. So they had a huge offensive outburst in that game. Emmanuel uh, Reynoso had an Olympico, which is where you score off a corner kick. It's just a, a stunning uh, skill to be able to bend it around the the first post, the the near post, and and score like he did. So it was it was a huge win uh, for them. Uh, you say that they're you know outside of the playoff line, but but they haven't played as many, as many games as a number of other teams. They've got a, what they call games in hand. So you have to look at, at points per uh, game, and they are closer to the playoff line uh, when you look at that, which kind of takes out the fact that they've played fewer games. They've got quite a few games to finish out the season uh, at home, more than they go on the road uh, because they've spent so much time on the road to begin the season. Uh, so they'll have an opportunity uh, to play more games, play more games at home, and and climb up those standings now that they've got Timu Puki in the fold as well.
3: Yeah, and Andy, the, I, I made made a point earlier about the Puki signing. You know, they, they are willing, and the club has had a willingness to to spend the money and and do what it takes to to return to the playoffs. And they're trying to keep that string alive, which has been pretty impressive. Now, granted, they haven't gone as deep in the MLS playoffs as they had hoped, but they've been getting there.
4: Yeah, they're the only team in the Western Conference to make four straight playoff appearances uh in the West. So yeah, that's that's an accomplishment. Now, you know, they they're able to to spend uh, at a designated player level, but they're not spending anywhere near what other clubs are. I think their total salary spend is in the bottom third of the league uh wow. and that's typically where it's been. So they have not spent uh nearly as much as some of their competitors have. And when you look at, at Timo Pukki, is might be the most expensive player on the roster as far as salary goes, the real number is to look at the, at the, the transfer fee that you're paying another club to see how much you're willing truly to invest in top-tier talent. Now, Timo Pukki is 33 years old. Uh, he had a little bit of a dip last year, and some of that was kind of the fact that he, his team started to struggle and had a little bit of a talent drain and, and weren't as good overall. Uh so, yeah, this is a player that's coming in as a free agent, so you're not spending that that big buck uh you know transfer fee now that can be really smart business right because you don't have that that sunken cost to another club to to bring a player in so it can be it can be really smart business to to operate like this, uh but they're not spending nearly as much as as even you know more than half of the league in m l s
3: yeah and andy is it, do you think there's going to be growing pressure considering? The, the the fans have shown up. The support is there for this club uh, game in, game out at Allianz.
4: Yeah, right. I think when you bring in a, a proven goal scorer like Timu Pukki uh, and not have players that are coming in with spotty with goal scoring records or haven't done it consistently uh, in other places around the world, it really makes the onus on Adrian Heath, who's, who's a former striker himself, uh, to find ways to – to put them in the best spots, to foster their confidence, uh, to make them the best success they can be because this is, like I said, the best scorer that they've had. Now, you know, if it doesn't work out, then that puts more pressure on Adrian Heath because, like I said, this is the best talented striker that they've had. Um, it also would put pressure on them to spend at an adequate level compared to the competition around MLS. So, yeah, obviously we're in a results-driven industry here and you know, while they've been slightly above average and they've outperformed under Adrian Heath, what their salary spend has been year in and year out. It's been one and done in the playoffs. Most of the times that they've been in those playoffs in those four years, three out of the four years, it's been one and done. So yeah, obviously, you know, they're, they're trying to put together pieces. They also brought in Ismail to jury Shirati, uh, who's a winger, who's, who's been a proven goal scorer in this league. Uh, when he's been healthy, uh, he's going to be able to play uh, tonight, it sounds like, uh, as well as Timu Uh So, yeah, they've been trying to plug in uh, different players at spots uh, to kind of continually push the level here, and, and now they should be hitting their stride, and if they're able to stay healthy, uh, make the run like they've done in previous July and August, that's when they've typically gotten hot in previous seasons as well.
3: Andy Gritty joining on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Thanks so much, Andy.
4: Yep, thanks, Steve.
3: All right, there he is. By the way, you can read uh, Andy's stories on the club online at TwinCities.com. Terrific follow on Twitter. Once again, Austin tonight, 730. Apple TV is the place. Apple TV had the Twins game on Friday night. I think they did a pretty nice job. And when I've caught uh, the the Loons on Apple TV they they are doing a nice job, and it, you you can love it, you can hate it. Uh, there there's no question they're a bigger and bigger player in the sports marketplace. And I'll just say one thing: as streaming services, um, some of these networks like Bally Sports North, we we we've all read the stories about their great difficulties uh, financially right now, and. Trying to find a way to pay clubs. Looks as though they're going to uh, or write that check to the Twins and, and have the rights for the Twins through the end of the season. But uh, the Twins' television rights are up. LA Sports North does not have a contract with the Minnesota Twins. Their future certainly in doubt. Players like Apple TV. They have the cash. <laughs> um, the, this is one of the largest companies in the world, um, I I think when when players like Apple and uh Google and and Meta and other platforms like that uh decide they want to jump into the sports business look out and Apple uh, certainly taking over the Major League Soccer rights they they have uh the Major League Baseball package uh right now in a Friday night game look out uh they they will continue to be a force in sports going forward, so you better get used to it. 77 degrees, northwest winds at 7. We'll go outdoors. Steve Kearney scheduled to join us in a moment here on News Talk. E3O WCCO. Mentioned the Loons. They're home tonight against Austin at Allianz Field. Well, great weather tonight, 730. It is available on Apple TV. But a sad day, Jonathan Lowe. The Aurora lost, unbeaten regular season. They started the playoffs, and the Indy 11 took them down.
7: Yeah, they they got all the way undefeated last year to the championship final and lost in uh, overtime, I believe triple overtime, and uh, had a good opportunity. But there are a few teams in this uh, USLW league that went into the playoffs undefeated without a loss. Some had draws, but... uh, Aurora was one of them, and one of these years, man, we'll 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 f- we'll figure out how to get that championship trophy here.
3: Yeah, it, they were in Flint, uh, so they went thirteen and zero in the regular season. They dropped this one in Flint, Michigan, to the Indy Eleven. So the Aurora's run is over. 1-0 the final. Steve Carney's run isn't over on the water for sure. There's a lot of fishing to be done and Steve Carney Outdoors each and every Saturday here at News Talk, K3OWCCO at the Twins game. He's joining us a little bit later than normal, typically at 410 right after the news. Uh, Steve, how's the bite? Where are they biting? Hey, Steve, good afternoon.
8: I'm, I have a serious walleye hangover right now. I just got back <laughs> from Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Oh, my goodness. It was lights out. Um, I'm so impressed with that body of water. And I try to get there a couple of times a year. And it was just incredible. I mean, it's not uncommon to catch 40 to 50 walleye a morning on that body of water. And it was just awesome. And, you know, ran into some high winds, which you always do in the Dakotas, as you know. But, yeah. uh, you know, we put up with it, had a couple of boats, four people. And it was, uh, it was epic. I mean, some of the fish in there are, you know, the average fish is probably 17 to 21 inches and, you know, just prolific numbers and lots of different year classes and just an amazing fishery. I was just so impressed and um, feeling good about the Devil's Lake area, man. I tell you, it's a, a heck of a destination.
3: Yeah, and Steve, from the cities, what do you say, about six hours, you know, give or take yep. from the cities?
8: yeah yeah, six and a half, and, you know, okay. I'm up in lakes country. I'm about four hours, but I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's uh, it's such a great fishery. You know, Red Lake is, you know, probably, you know, comparable, but Red Lake is so busy, and Lake of the Woods, that's big water, a little bit more difficult to get around, but I think, you know, as a major destination in the Midwest, you can't beat Devil's Lake. It's It's just crazy, and You know, now it's expanded. It's so large, you know, with the flooding they've had over the years. There's probably 30 to 40 ramps, you know, throughout the whole lake. So there's always a way to tuck out of the wind and, you know, get out of that. And, you know, just beautiful concrete ramps and great, you know, uh, places to stay. There's a casino up there. I stayed at Woodland Resort which is kind of my go-to place, which is really a great spot. And, you know, they really cater to the fishermen. This is not a golf destination. This is fishing. And, you know, every hotel has fish cleaning facilities. I mean, they've really got it ramped up for the fishermen.
3: Yeah, and is it is it one of those where you're going to head back at some point, or do you feel like this is prime time? Is is it is it better in July? What's your read on Devil's Lake? Is someone's going to make the run out there?
8: You know, Steve, I got to go back. I mean, the minute okay. I got home today, I'm going. I got to go back. I got to go back. It's just so good right now, and. I'm finding fish fairly deep, which is kind of unusual. Usually you're in that 17 to 19 feet, and I found them out 28 to 30 feet. Um, I don't know why. It was very windy. We had 25, 30-mile-an-hour winds both days. They should have been shallow, but they weren't. They were deep. So it took us, you know, you know, four or five hours to try to find them, and once we did, it's... uh it was really great. You know, Devil's Lake has got such an incredible population. There's so many walleyes in timber, on the rocks, on shorelines. I mean, they're just everywhere. It's just kind of a no-brainer. You just got to put your time in. And once you find them, you know, they're schooled up pretty heavily right now. And and we caught them in a multitude of ways, you know, just basic live bait rigs, jigging Rapalas. We caught them, you know, with crawlers, leeches. It really didn't matter. Once you found them, you know, you caught them and that's what's so amazing about that lake
3: all right so you you got devil's lake for the moment in the rearview mirror what's coming up for you this week
8: well i'm back at in the lakes country you know getting my walleye here and there back to kind of you know reality which you know that's the way it's going to be i got some people from texas coming in this week and i'm really eyeing a return to devil's lake here maybe in another four or five six days and you know, when it bites, that's good. You just, you got to keep at it. I mean, it's going to go for a while, and, you know, the algae out there isn't too bad. Usually they get a real big algae bloom about this time of the year, but right now it's holding off, and water quality is pretty good. So I think that's uh, that's the go-to place right now. So hopefully I can get back there in a week.
3: So, So the Texans are coming up for the cool weather here in Minnesota. They're, they're, you they're know, what's really
8: neat, tonight. Steve, is when I get yeah. people up from the southern United States, they come up here and, you know, we kind of complain sometimes the fishing isn't that great and, you know, this and that, but when I get the southerners up here, they just rave about our fishing up here. And, you know, in the southern United States, there's a lot of pressure on a lot of the lakes, and they don't have the number of lakes that we have, but when they come up here, they're very impressed, even, you know, when we have a slow day. They're just like wow, you've got great fishing up here, and kind of puts things in, you know perspective when you talk to people you know from down there, Georgia and Tennessee, yeah. and you realize how good we really have it.
3: Yeah, no, no doubt. And then at some point, you got to get them out to Devils Lake. Then they'll really be impressed. All right, <laughs> Steve.
8: All right. Well, we'll just kind of stick to Lakes Country right now, and fishing is still holding up. It's decent. It's not yeah. awesome, but. It's okay. So, you know, it is July after all.
3: All right, Steve. We'll do it again in a week. Thanks. All right. Take care, man. Steve Carney, Steve Carney Outdoors. And, by the way, our Outdoors coverage continues tomorrow in earnest. Rob Dries sign Outdoor News between 5 and 6 here on News Talk 830-WCCO. Twins fall to the Orioles earlier 6 to the decision. Twins will try and salvage the final game of the series and the final game of the homestand. It'll be Kyle Gibson for Baltimore and Joe Ryan for Minnesota. Our coverage starts at 10 a.m. with the huddle, Pete Najarian, Dave Schwartz. At noon, inside Twins, general manager Thad Levine. And then at 12.30, the lineup card. First pitch coming up at 1.10, Corey Prova, Stan Gladden with all the play-by-play. Uh, by the way... Uh, Twins uh, right now in a dead heat with Cleveland, and the Guardians have the lead uh, over Kansas City, 3-0 that game in Cleveland. So the Guardians could have a half-game lead. Big thanks to Jonathan Lowe, our producer today. Always great to work with Jonathan. Have a great Saturday night here at News Talk, E3OWCCO.